Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, you heard it, sports porters. We have indeed assembled early on a Saturday. First time for everything, but we're all caffeinated. I learned that Bob down there in New York City takes his coffee just Duncan, like he's just a Duncan guy in the morning. I never would have guessed that from Bob. Andrew, would you have guessed that 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 was a the way uh, Bob drank coffee in the morning? Uh, no, but I okay. do. I do appreciate some Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So, are you doing that too at home? Yeah. I don't understand this. Does everyone get the Dunkin' Donut? Like, are you doing the K cups or are you doing the ground coffee? How does this just work? Just ground coffee. Are you I, drinking it black? Um, no, I'm okay. drinking it little sugar, a little cream. Um, because thing is, I have to be somewhat productive today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I if I have it black, it's not going to end well. I'll yeah. be super productive for like an hour, and after mm-hmm. that. You can't get nothing out of me. I'll okay. just, and I'll probably end up falling asleep. Um, mm-hmm. So this kind of delays the inevitable of me, you know, instead of falling asleep at 11 for a nap, mm-hmm. I'll fall asleep at four. So Yeah. I don't know. This is fun. I've never like I'm I got all this energy. I haven't uh, had an opportunity to use all my productive brain cells yet. So I don't know what this podcast is going to be like. This is fun for all of us. We, we usually do it late at night. And as we found out um, this past week, and maybe this is what we do going forward is I need more time. I keep trying to move through uh, the calendar and check off the uh, hold on the to do list, the daily to do list. And I just I run out of time, man. And it's it's hard. But Either way, uh, it's important to note, folks, that the Atlanta Falcons uh, anniversary of the 20 to 3 loss will not be addressed on this very podcast. Um, That is all I will say on that matter. But shout out to the the Braves banner. Hold on. I got to do it backwards. Hold on. Eh, eh, 2021. We added that. So uh, the home studio coming along, adding some more cool stuff around it. We got Andrew Hammond of the Detroit Free Press up there in Detroit with the CBS Sports banner behind him. I like it. I like it. Andrew, how many sports hats do you have? I feel like you have a lot. I stopped counting in 2017. Let's just say that. Okay. Are we talking over 100? No, because I had like a a massive purge of Mm -hmm. hats and jerseys and stuff that... So, full disclosure, I used to have a roommate who used to be a Nike rep for a few schools. So mm-hmm. he would just say, Hey, um, you know, what do you want? And mm-hmm. I would just tell him a team and he was like, okay, cool. Um, so like shirts and jerseys and hats, I did like a massive purge in 2017 because I realized I just had way too many. Um, so if you're on eBay, congratulations. Mm-hmm. You, you, you might've gotten something from me. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I stopped counting. I okay. just, I just simply just, I don't add as much as I used to. Um, mm-hmm. cause in high school, I actually used to have a, I had 95% of the national league and, <laughs> uh, half the American league when it came to hats. Okay. So Very that's cool. when they were cheaper. Yeah. They were cheaper. They used to be cheaper. Um, down there on the bottom of the screen, Mr. Robert Silverman of the Daily Beast up there in New York City. Bob, good morning. How are you? Too early to do this stuff, man. This oh, you're early. out. You don't like the early. I, I don't. I, I feel like I haven't gotten mad about enough things on the internet today yet to really fire up the take engine. So it's oh. a little early. So it's I'm a gonna, little early. Okay. Yeah, have to well, try to have it's like a morning flight. Moment. It's 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 like a morning flight, you know. You see the pilots coming in around the same time that you're. Uh, the, the, yeah, that freaks airport. me out when the pilots look tired. That doesn't fill me with <laughs> so. Confidence. Okay, so funny story. When I went to Florida in October, mm-hmm. the uh, it was because I was in Palm Beach. I wasn't in Miami, and so I get to. And it's a smaller airport, but at the same time they didn't have everybody clocked in ready to work. Like it was literally, mm-hmm. that's how early my flight was. And I'm just like, I see the pilots walking in and I don't know if they're on my flight, but I'm just like, 
they just woke up like an hour ago and they do not want to be up. And I I don't know where they were flying, but I'm just looking at that like, I get it. Yeah, you I don't get it. I, I, I get it. I'm, I'm also kind of like, I they've done this before. This right. is they're like completely over it. Um, yeah, I'm not worried about commercial airline pilots ever. Really, like that's not a thing. Now, I'll never get on a helicopter, like a private helicopter. I'll never do what? like the private jets or anything. No, never doing it. That's where people go down. That's the one where I'm like, I am having to place way too much faith in this <laughs> private sector worker that just I don't know what his day was like yesterday or some kind of crazy weather thing happens. Did they I'm nationalize the airlines in America when I wasn't working? You know, it's all a private sector. No, industry. don't look at it that way. I look at Delta as a government company. That's how my brain works. I feel like that is uh delta and southwest is like the medicaid of of the of the sky in my estimation that's how my brain rationalizes this take that commercial airlines um are a different sector entirely than private airlines and um, that yeah. is hey, whatever gets you through the flight man Thank well, you. i was gonna say uh born and raised in the air capital city of right. the world uh just letting you know right now mm. Wait, what's uh, the air? Is Wichita the air yeah. capital city? I didn't know that. Oh Why? yeah, because at, so at one point they had the the four largest commercial airlines manufacturers were all in Wichita. Huh. Um. So we were close to Boeing and Cessna, mm. and because they had the East Campus, and then you had Raytheon, and then you had Learjet, Beach, like. All of them were and still are to a point, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not as big as it used to be because they've had other places pop up. But yeah, one time, all four, all four or five were in Wichita at the same time. Um, So, yeah. um, So, yeah, when you when you say oh everything's privatized, oh, buddy. You're absolutely right. Look, people forget that Delta, noted public sector company, Delta Airlines, uh, people forget that. And look, if that gets me, like Bob said, it gets me through the day, it gets me through the flight. That is all I need. And that's the way my brain works. That's just how it works. Uh, I, uh, I've had, I, I flew on, I think it was a four passenger, you know, plane oh. once. I got hired. This was wood. <laughs> Two decades ago, I got more than that. I got hired to tutor a very wealthy child in a suburb of Missouri uh-huh. near uh, what's the name of that? Uh, what's the name of that big resort where like Yakov Smirnoff plays? I forget. Branson. Oh, you were you were near Branson. Near Branson. Oh was, Branson my was the, gosh. Branson was the closest large city, so you had to fly into St. Louis. Or Kansas City, oh I forget which, and then take a small four-passenger pup plane to Branford. That barely got up drive. off the ground, it feels like. It was really exciting. I was not oh, scared no. of death. I was not Oof. terrified at all. I was. It was, one, it was a nice day. There were no hazards. Well, oh, flying over the like flying that. over the Midwest, like people say, oh, it's flyover country, <laughs> like on a clear day. Mm-hmm. You see some beautiful. You you see it like was, a true lay of the delightful. land. It was delightful. They flew yeah. me first. They flew me out first class from New York to St. Louis. Too. Oh, so I, flew, I thought you were going to say you're in first class on a four person flight, and well, I'm like, how does no. that work? Yeah. No, no, no. I got a, that was my you one. Get on the plane first. first. <laughs> that was my one time, and it was. I understand why people spend a huge amount of money to oh, yeah. be flown out it's, there. You get yeah. you get good snacks. What are the snack really options? I, I don't even recall. There were, I believe, there were some very sort of gourmet type chocolate chip cookies. Oh, the one part I remember. I remember mm-hmm. the meal was a, a decent meal, and they just kept bringing champagne without even asking. It was very nice. Hmm. For, you and know, then you had to, and then you had to and some and child in Branson. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I flew, and then we took the pup plane to a place near Branson and drove from there. And this was all to for a very wealthy family to have me. Uh, help their child get into the college of their choice by uh, huh. doing the SATs. That's yeah, that wild was... that they flew you out there for a week. For a week, they put me up That's... there for a week in a hotel. This was all to get my exclusive SAT uh, tutoring services. Were you an SAT yeah. tutor in the past life, or are you just I like was. A... okay? I was. It's a good job, man. Pays well. 
Interesting. That was my, like when I was acting in New York, that was my, while other people bartended or waited tables, I SAT tutored. And let me tell you, I could, granted, it was rents were cheaper in New York City then, but I could cover my daily needs in, you know, three to four hours of work a week. That's wow. pretty damn good. SAT tutors, like, I was not even in the upper echelon. I mean, you yeah. can read now what SAT tutors charge, and I don't know how to translate that into 1990s dollars, but it's it, even then, the, like, the top-end tutors were charging, you know, what you would pay for a white-shoe law firm to, to, to service your needs. That's wild. It was incredibly expensive. Like, I was working through a company that farmed me out and then I got a percentage of what they paid. And then occasionally mm-hmm. I'd work a little, you know, side hustle. So if the parents wanted to not pay the expensive services rate, they could just sort of give me the money directly on the side and I'd save them a couple of dollars. And, uh, they, uh, they found out about that later on and has lost my job for, you know, doing that. But SAT, like it's, it, I think now some of the, like, I, I'm pretty sure I read an article where some of the top SAT private tutors charge something like two grand an hour or something. Obscene. Oh my, what? What are all you getting in that get, hour? All just, all just to get their uncommitted, slack jawed child into schools? You guys know about Operation Varsity Blues. How much? Oh, yeah. They, That's true. How much? How much was handed out in both legal and below, uh, underneath the table bribes to get kids into, you know, like USC yeah. and stuff? I'll, Come on. I'll, I'll, keep, I'll keep it a buck. That whole thing. I remember watching the Netflix, either Netflix or Hulu documentary on that. It was Netflix. I watched it too. Yeah. I, yeah. I you know what, in terms of like what they were getting, what they were getting paid, I still say that they were talking low end. Because, but also I think got, they, I, I love that they skimped on they 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 skimped on the Photoshop artists. They were like willing to oh pay all this God. stuff. For, <laughs> yeah, that's they where they got hurt. Guys. Is they didn't do like why would you not pay the the graphic designers? Why would that, you not uh, uh, truly the best part? And you don't cover that, right? Yeah, like, that's the easiest part to fake, and they yes. kind of they have they, they, they mailed they it in. Really, didn't really put their full weight behind that. I mean, look, I, I think my they charged something, and again, this is you know mid late nineteen nineties, yeah, early two thousands money. I think it was something like two hundred dollars an hour for me to show up and tutor That's little Johnny or little Jenny. Um, I went to a lot of very lovely New York City homes during this time period. There were there were kids where I would show up, and there would be something on the order of ten millions of dollars worth of artwork on the wall which means the really valuable artwork is somewhere in their private collection in storage. They're not putting it up where someone could splash cranberry juice on it or something like that. Like there was a Moreau, there were Warhol prints, there was an original Pollock, stuff like that. It's millions of dollars worth of artwork on the walls in some of these very hoity-toity and very, very tastefully decorated New York City apartments. And sometimes I would get very mad because I would think the, the kid I'm tutoring, he can't solve the Pythagorean theorem and it's not that complicated. And, mm. and yet look at all this. He gets <laughs> right there at this Jean Moreau painting all the time and just mm. can't. And probably, and it. probably doesn't, and probably doesn't even give two shits about that. No, he really didn't care about the, 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 the kids were not happy to talk about the artwork. I mean, look, the, the, if you put me in a room with your high school student, I could get that kid up. You know, after a week or two, I can get them up 200 points. This is back when I think they switched back, but back when the SAT was just on a 1,600-point scale. Mm. I could, you know, it's just a couple of basic test-taking techniques, and I can get them up that. If they wanted to put in any work, I could get them up another 100 or so points. Hmm. And, like, half the job that I half of my job was holding hands with these very nervous, uptight parents and trying to explain to them that what school their child attends has very, very little impact on how their life will go. And well, they Bob, that's bullcrap. Bob, that's that's absolute bullcrap. 
because my special son, who isn't really committed to school and doesn't care, is going to go to this prestigious university and and uh, not have to yeah. settle for a state school. I, I, I would just remind them that unless they were desperate to have their child matriculate to a medical med school or a white shoe law firm or I don't know, get into like lobbying for some horrible foreign dictator, it probably didn't make that much of a difference for it. And so that's what I would do. I would just sit there and hold the parents' hands and talk to them and say, you know, look, they will do better. Just ease off the pressure. You're freaking your child out. So that was part of my job. That's what they paid me for. I was a parent counselor. You, you basically needed to, these parents were like, get my kid into this Ivy League school and you want to tell them, you know what? Penn's not that bad. <laughs> Notre Dame's not that bad. Northwestern isn't that, they'll be okay. I, said, I would have yeah. gotten fired pretty immediately because I would have messed with the parents and I would have gone to them like, "You, he's in what grade? John, he's in, honestly, just like, I'm just, I'm not an expert here, but was he held back? Like, does he, can we talk about that? Can, is there any way we can redo this junior year? You would call the parents. Would be yes, I would. Okay. Yes, I would. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'd troll the parent. I'd mm-hmm. be entirely too blunt. I'd be like, look, your kid's going to be fine. Just mm-hmm. like, like Bob said, ease off. But at the same time, I'd tell the parent, dude, your kid has basically been coasting for his entire college, his entire high school run. Oh, He's I was about not, to be I a was junior. Not, for the most part, the kids I were dealing with were, were already pretty high achievers. I was not dealing with kids who I had to, you know, get above, get into four digits for the SAT. These were smart kids who just were freaked Ugh. out by taking them. So. Mm. These were high-achieving kids already. That's why they were paying, you know, whatever it was, if you're by, I think it was 200. I wasn't paid 200 an hour just to, just to clarify. I only got a small percentage of that from the tutoring service, but they would buy packages of 20 and 40 hours. So do the math. If it's 200 bucks times 40 hours, it's not bad. It's yeah, eight grand is what they're paying for me to show up. And right. I would say, look, and granted, at the time, and I think it's still the case, like, if you weren't, it was a, it was also a matter of keeping up with the Joneses. Like, every single kid in their class was either in some group or private tutoring service. Like, every single person did. It huh. was not. This is not the case for public schools in uh, right. the Atlanta in, area, in, I will tell you. <laughs> New York City and hmm. uh, high-end uh, fast-track specialty public schools in New York, there were, it was the idea of doing the test without taking some kind of extensive test preparation service of some kind was just unthinkable. Hmm. So there's a very lucrative market for these services. And like I said, a couple of very quick test taking techniques and I could get someone up 200 points. It's yeah. just not that difficult. And what I would say over and over again is like, look, little Jimmy, Jimmy or little Jenny, this is not a test of how smart you are. Mm-hmm. It's a test of how well you take this test. So the way to get better at it is by learn how the test works and practice taking the test. But you don't have to learn anything new about math or English to really get better at this. You just have to practice taking the test. That's what hmm. it's testing you in. So, and that'll well, that make natu- you feel better. Well, that naturally leads us to the NBA trade that happened this week, guys. There was an NBA oh, trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Norman Powell, Robert Covington to the Clippers as the Blazers begin what might be a pretty interesting send-off because now I am more curious at what uh, Cronin and this uh, new Portland front office does because now everyone's like, does this mean Dame's going to ask out? Is this like a full cleaning? And I'm like, no, I don't think Dame's going anywhere. I think he's just riding this out. And Ryoko was on an expiring contract. Um, they can kind of reset the I roster. Think he has doesn't he have two years, or is the next year not guaranteed? No, Rocco is not guaranteed. I don't think next year. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Um, but then Norman Powell is a good get. But like those are not like the the chess piece movers for Portland. I don't think Dame's per- perspective on where Portland's Portland, going Portland is. Portland needed to clear out Powell because they're going to want to resign Anthony Simons, and so yeah, they. I mean, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they peddled McCollum, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to find someone to take McCollum. I just don't know what the deal is for McCollum and what team is looking at him as like, because he's not, I like CJ McCollum. He's just not a needle mover. So he's not going to flip a contender from uh, maybe getting out of their conference. undersized shooting guard with a massive contract is going to be a tough thing to get much value back for. Yeah. Um, well, what do you make of the deal? Do you like it for the Clippers? Because the Clippers doing this now, I thought was fascinating. Yeah. Obviously, they need help on the wing because uh, Paul George been out for a while. We don't know when he's coming back. It seems it, Ty Lue kind of revealed that Kawhi Leonard might not be back this year at all. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of interesting. I think it's a, I think it's a great deal for it's a great deal for the Clippers. I mean, they they mm-hmm. didn't give up. I mean, uh, unless I'm sorry, Tennessee fans pour one out for oh, Keon yeah. Johnson. Oh, well, I love Keon Johnson. Yeah, he's got hops. Keon Johnson, he's got a crazy vertical, and he gets to go to Portland, and we'll see what happens. Free Keon Johnson. That's what we've been saying on this podcast from the beginning. It's not a a huge return. I mean, if you want to look at it from a Blazers perspective, they gave up Gary Trent and two first-round draft picks and turned it into Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow. That's not the greatest asset handling (laughs) job we've seen in the NBA this year. Um, But... For LA, I like it. If they they have so many quality, useful wings now. They've got, I mean, between Powell now and Covington, and they still have uh, Batum, and they still have uh, Marcus, Marcus Morris, Morris Senior. Marcus Morris Senior, and they still <laughs> have Luke Kennard, and they still have Trey Man, uh, Ter- Terrence Mann, and they still have Amir Coffey, who's looked great this year. They got a lot of guys they can throw out at the at the wing spots while they wait for George and Leonard to get healthy. And all those guys will be useful when George and Kawhi come back. I think it's it's I mean, even without Leonard this year, and I don't think anyone thinks Leonard is gonna play this year, they'll make some noise in the playoffs. That's gonna be a tough team to beat. There and Ty Lu is a an outstanding coach. So they'll be they will play well. It's a good trade. They didn't give up much of value. Covington can absolutely fit pretty seamlessly into that rotation and still be um, a, a very, very solid, you know, help defender in full space. He's not mm-hmm. as good as he was a couple of years ago. He probably got a little overrated uh, in the midst of all the process hype, but absolutely he's a guy you can count on in the playoffs. I think it's a great deal for them. Could Portland have gotten more? Eh. Maybe, maybe, probably not. Um, I, I really think Portland should just, I mean, they're in a tough spot because if Dame does want to stay, they can't just strip it down to the studs. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, then they really just need to just nuke the entire roster. I, I don't know if the interim GM has the power to do that. though. Yeah. And I, it's fascinating. Portland, they're, I don't think it's going to get as interesting as it will be this summer because I think CJ will probably get moved this summer. I don't think they're going to do the big swings the middle of the year, but Dame getting the abdomen surgery that he's put off for a while, like I assume he's not coming back this year. So my theory on what they're doing is they're going to keep letting Anthony Simons cook the rest of this year, keep getting these reps and then see where they land in the lottery, see if they can get some luck, because that's what Cleveland just did with Mobley. They skyrocketed to the three spot, and they get Mobley, and now we... Yeah, this, a, this is a weird draft. There's yeah. No consen- I mean, for one, there's no consensus number one guy. We've discussed mm-hmm. the fact that Chet Holmgren looks like <laughs> the tallest member of the Walkmen in 1998, mm-hmm. so it's going to be very hard <laughs> to... You just killed Andrew. Yeah. Oh Jesus! The accuracy is painful. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was like. My God. Um. Yeah. No. Uh, I I do want to say one quick thing about this 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 trade. You can say a long like thing. It, it doesn't have to be a quick thing. I, I I like it for both teams because one, the Clippers are basically making chicken salad out of chicken crap. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I won't. I won't say the you know for you know censor purposes. <laughs> it's we're a family show. Um, we are, but for the Blazers, you've got to pull the bandaid off now, and mm-hmm. this is the beginning of it. I don't think they're going to 
unload it like I don't think they're going to unload it on the level like they should, where basically it's just like, hey, do you want a big name player? Give us your best offer. They haven't done that, but they're they're stripping the parts quietly and they're doing it from the yeah, outside. They're going to they're gonna have to move Larry Nance Jr. at some point. Some, yeah. team, some team like a playoff team could absolutely use. Yeah, it's it's going to be they're they're stripping it from the outside in, which I respect because a lot more teams need to do it that way. Um, There aren't a lot of sellers this year also. So no, oh no, not. I think that might be the case going forward because of the play in stuff. I think you're going to have a lot less sellers. And I think that's what the NBA wanted. You have a lot. Sacramento keeps talking about trying to add pieces so they can make the tip play in tournament. New Orleans, for some reason, they want McCollum. They want McCollum and I mean, look, they're doing New Orleans stuff. In New Orleans, they're nervous. Like the, the general manager, David Griffin <laughs> is desperate mm-hmm. to keep his job and they want to make the play in tournament and they, they're freaking out about potentially making Zion want to go somewhere else. So they're trying mm-hmm. to sort of yeah. win now. It's Rush, a weird yeah. team. Well, it, it, it's, it's the plan, but at the same time, you have a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys on a lot of people's books, on a lot of teams' books that – are still kind of sort of being balanced. At least this is what I see from the pandemic kind of cycle that we've been through. There's a lot of guys that are still maybe a half year, I want to say not necessarily development, but just what their plans are because it feels like not, not the bubble year, but the, I have to call it like the gap year that we had <laughs> where everything was kind of expedited. You really don't know what some of these guys are because they did have, you know, abbreviated seasons. So I could see this year being a holding pattern for a bunch of teams. Um, but then at the same time, you look towards next year, you look towards free agency. That's where I can see massive moves being made because it's like, okay, we really didn't have – enough time to evaluate especially with the with the younger guys so we're gonna wait a year just to see but the thing about it is it feels like a lot of teams are just kind of like okay are, are we going to talk about the elf in the room or are we going to talk about the shams report from late last night or we're just oh no, i didn't see it sure. what happened what you didn't see you, it? what you didn't see it Sleep early. I went to sleep early. I did not see it. It, no. it dropped at like seven thirty. Yeah. Okay, what now. time were Wait. you in bed? Okay, hold on, hold on. Just to be clear, uh, what Kevin Smith vehicle were you spending the night watching instead of keeping oh, up on the sports hold on, news? Hold on. Now that you mentioned that, hold on. Okay. Anyway, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about this while Chase gets himself uh, updated. Gets all nostalgic uh, and crap. Um, okay. Yeah, there's uh there's creepy clerks. Um yeah. Is it me or am I just thinking and I don't know. Um and maybe this is a Sorry, lazy narrative. Maybe this is a lazy narrative. Mm-hmm. But it just feels like um it, it it feels like James Harden shouldn't be the fall guy in this, but somebody had to be. The news chase is that Shams dropped a blog saying Mm -hmm. in his wonderfully opaque Italian at Shams language that the Nets are open to talking about a trade involving James Harden for Ben Simmons Mm -hmm. and that those conversations may take place at some point between now and the trade deadline. And mm-hmm. that caused everyone to have quite a tizzy about, okay, is a Ben Simmons trade going to actually happen? And then figuring out various machinations of what a Ben Simmons Harden trade would look like. So that's the big news. To me, it feels a little bit like uh, like Rich Paul is getting antsy and wanted to gre- grease the skids a little bit towards the trade so he leaks some info to Shams. But- oh, absolutely. But we've gotten, there's been a lot of smoke about James Harden just not wanting to play in Brooklyn and yeah. being tired of Kyrie's Michigas and also possibly not enjoying the motion offense that Steve Nash wants to install and would prefer instead to just do James Harden things. 
and therefore would. That's why Simmons might be a lot more fun. I mean, you got Amari Stoudemire on that bench in uh, in Brooklyn. So yeah, they could they could go to Seder and stuff. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I look. I there. It does. I do not hate the idea of a Simmons Harden trade. I am of the opinion that James Harden. There's been a lot of stuff also where James Harden is doing that James Harden thing, where it's pretty clear he doesn't want to be there anymore, and so he stops mm-hmm. giving any effort. There's a Twitter thread which I'm sure you can find, and but he's been pretty bad all year. I don't know. He's had some shooting struggles. He struggled with the new foul rules. A lot of it. This is Mm -hmm. just James Harden, sort of ambling around on defense and not really putting in, you know, the effort that's required to be an NBA player. It was not. There were some clips that were shown that were not similar to what happened during those last couple of weeks in Houston, where he was very round and. Really, really just and clearly wanted to leave, and clearly wanted to leave. Um, I, I kind of it's a very look, James Harden is clearly the best player that Philly could get for Ben Simmons. Full stop. It's risky, you're gonna have to pay him next year something in the order of 200 million dollars for his declining seasons. He's going to decline the option and he's going to want an extension. And if you're Philly and you trade for him, you cannot trade for him and then let him walk this summer. You are trading him with the clear implication that you are going to give him a four-year extension that will, I think, could possibly exceed $200 million. Um, I'll get Bobby Marks on the blower later and make sure I got my numbers right. But Attaboy. uh, it's, uh, It's a choice. I, I kind of yes. think when James when James Harden's game actually does start to crater, it's going to be a fairly steep and rapid decline, is what I'll predict. I don't, I don't know when know. that's going to. The shots there, like I, I don't know. I think he'll still be able to draw fouls. I think he'll just do more post ups. I think he'll be inside more. The defense will be atrocious. You'll have to figure out what you're going to do there. But I don't know if you can win with James Harden posting people. I'm not up. saying he. It's something he's going to do a lot, but I could just see him drawing fouls that way. And... <laughs> Look, man, know. we know you're we know you're the Ben Simmons super fan in this chat, but <laughs> even I'm the one saying that. Uh, a fully realized Ben Simmons would fit quite nicely alongside a, I don't know, a vaccinated Kyrie and a healthy Kevin Durant. I agree. I just, I don't know. What is the latest? Do you think they're going to, what, what do you think is going to happen in New York? Do you think they're going to change that mandate by May? No. You don't think so? Uh... Cause that's when it matters. Come playoff time. Do you think it's changed by May? I, I don't know. I don't know. I if the situation were the Knicks instead of the Nets, absolutely. You think Eric Adams would be? Oh, speaking of your smoky yeah. back room and trying to make <laughs> trying to change laws to make sure the Knicks were had oh, a full uh, roster. You know what? Compliment I, I, yeah. I I truly wish that the Knicks would just go full Juventus. And even you and just be in the pocket of the league and in the city. I think that I think it would. I wish be I got fantastic. that reference. So okay, so Juventus is pretty much like they aren't govern. They aren't run by the government, but uh, they have cheated, and and it's like they've had backing of the government, and they're cheating. Um, mm-hmm. and in various scandals, like the government's like, oh yeah, we we had a hand in helping with that. Uh, I, I wish the Knicks were like Juventus and just completely, you know, it, be the villain. I'm be, I'm fine with the Knicks benefiting from insider trading and backroom deals. Like I I I'd be okay with that. I feel like if the, if the Knicks are gonna be talked about as much as we talk about them, at least do something cool instead of just sucking. Um, hi, Julius Randall. Uh, uh, yeah, he unfollowed like the said, Knicks yeah, this it, week. He unfollowed the Knicks on Instagram. I believe that's the sign. So did De'Aaron Fox. So clearly a De'Aaron Fox, Julius Randall trade <laughs> well, is in the works. Also, I mean, you would do that in a heartbeat, right? You would do yeah. Fox or Randall, yeah. But the Kings I'm, just, I'm tired of watching Julius Speaking of guys not putting in maximum effort, mm-hmm. whoa, 
I, I think I mentioned this last, I think I've, I've said this last week on the pod, but it, it really is some like Jerry Stackhouse level, get me out of here type. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it, it absolutely feels like that. Yeah. This is what, mm. for, for kids who don't remember, in the early 2000s, especially when players wanted to be traded, they would just do the I'm not playing hard at all move. And it was yes. patently mm-hmm. obvious. It was really great. It was really great. It was when someone wanted to be traded, you knew it because they just stopped caring altogether. That kind of that kind of stopped for about a decade. You didn't really see that move anymore. Zach Randolph did that exact same thing with the Knicks in 2007, 2008. He had a he had a he had a year that just he still put up I think 19 and 9 or something like that. But boy, boy was he not trying hard at all. Well, mm. that's the thing that I that's the thing that I honestly I miss the most of like today's NBA is I'm going to do all of my talking through social media or through yeah, you know slide too. tweets. I miss the day when people were real with their anger and they let it be known. Yeah, um, I, I, a subtweet that cannot compare to a a contested 20 footer jacked up with like 15 seconds left or, 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 or my favorite, the guy who just goes off in the post game media scrum, or, you know, we learn, we learn through blogs and, 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 you know, and actual stories of guys being super upset or pissed in, you know, in practices or in the media from just a simple 300 word story from the actual beat writer of said team. It was, Everything it was, is so it, manufactured and controlled it was, it was and fake here. now. It is, it, it's better than, it's certainly better than like Carmelo Anthony posting three snake emojis when George Carl said something rude about him. Right. After the trade to the next. If, if, if it were 2005 this would be on page two ESPN or, you know, some NBA rumors blog that the, <laughs> Look, that, that the times I running. still rely on the real GM forums for all of my sourced information. That's where oh, Bob, you missed out this week with Auburn. Uh, you would have loved if you're a college football guy. Oh, the Auburn yeah, forums you have, for, are, are we having a college football minute? Well, no, Bob. Not, it's not a college football minute because you would enjoy it. Mm. Um, yeah, basically Brian Harson chasing. We're throwing out allegedly here. We're throwing out of a lot of it allegedly stuff here with Brian. Allegedly, Harson. Brian. So allegedly, I'm Brian Harson was cheating on his wife with the assistant that they brought in. Allegedly, that they brought in from Boise. Um, yeah, let's just say that's, don't go, don't go full Don Draper, kids. Don't do it. That's some spice. Yeah, we're um, waiting for the Bobby Petrino motorcycle pick. That's yeah, where, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Wow. Basically, it's not going in, well for Harson and Auburn. Well, it's it's the fact that one remember he's I'm not gonna say anti-vax. He's vax skeptical. Um, mm-hmm. I think we can say anti-vax, but uh, because was it that was, we know that he's vax because he had to get there was like a deadline I, or something last year. I, so I, I didn't know if he was actually vaxxed or not because right, I let's, remember let's, there was. Let's a, leave aside the pandemic. Yeah. Who, who is he still sleeping with, allegedly? Well, basically, well, I'm I'm throwing that out there because he's got a lot of things that he's dealing with right now, and the fact as that this is maybe all, the smallest as thing. As we all, but, but the, the fact that this is the smallest thing that he's allegedly having this open relationship or an affair allegedly is like the bridge. That's uh, it's it's the bridge that's too far for Auburn people. They could look past the fact that he's losing assistance at an alarming rate or the fact that, you know, he didn't get the shot and was very skeptical of it, putting players in danger. But this is the thing that's like this alleged relationship has apparently been too much for Auburn people and they're looking for a way to get rid of him. Um, yeah. Fun stuff. Ooh. Fun. Stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the good. Well, I love that. 
Bob, the most college football thing, uh, Southern college football thing, which is, I mean, college football is perfect and people forget that. And SEC yeah. culture is perfect. Uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. SEC culture is, it's it's a perfect thing. It's a perfect mess. And, uh, oh, it's a perfect mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, don't care. <laughs> Look at Bob. Hey, Bob can't do this. Um, I love talking about SEC with Bob's hat on right now. Like it's a, it's just, it's an incredible time. Uh, well, you guys were wearing hats, and I felt jealous, and I wanted to wear a hat, and I realized I don't like all of my baseball caps are yeah. down in the basement in storage, and I didn't want to delay the pod by running all the way down to the basement to get a, to get like a, whatever I think I have for college hat or something like that. Yeah. And so I said. Soviet tank commander. That's that's a team. Yeah, right. That is a team. That what is, is your team, hat. Bob. What does your hat say? It says buttsider. That's my job. Outsider. outsider. Yeah. Good folks at Outsider can go get it. Shop.com slash outsider or shop.outsider.com. Um, you sure but yeah. doesn't say buttsider? No, it's it's outsider, okay. Bob. Um, but no, so Harson, the fun all I was gonna say on that is that they want to replace him with uh the funniest part of this is like replacing brian harson with hugh freeze and if you know the hugh freeze backstory it's just that like yeah i was gonna say back page but backstory but it is probably more yes and that's just the the, it's like we got to get this guy out he's bad character guy gotta we got to get this out of here (laughs) and let's go hire hugh freeze uh that's our number one choice um well, let's hit uh, the Washington. Freeze, apparently, from what I remember, is a qualified uh, college football coach. He, he absolutely is. That's uh, true. You, you, you just have the NCAA and uh, some morality police following behind. What about Houston Nuts? That's another funny name. Yes. We my my favorite thing about Houston Nut is <laughs> the. The, the like the the fan base that was basically kind of campaigning for him to keep his job. I don't know if it was at Ole Miss. I think it might have been Ole Miss, but they were called the uh, the Nut Huggers, and I was like, you know what? Good, good nickname. It really it's a solid it's nickname. Memorable. It's got some wordplay. I, I feel like that should stick. The Agreed. Nut Huggers. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, Washington Commanders. It was revealed officially. This past week, um, the uniforms, man. I I'm not about them, but I want to get y'all's perspective. <laughs> oh Andrew, no, they you're a uniform suck. guy. Okay, they That's, suck. They absolutely go off, suck. Go off, King. <laughs> they suck. I mean, it's just it's four t- it's fourteen to eighteen months of oh, we need to figure something out, and then they come out with that crap. It got me. It, it makes me think. One, you really weren't committed to the process, just like the Cleveland Guardians. Good for you guys. Two, why are you coming out with this now when basically the government's like, yeah, there's something wrong with this football team over here. Uh, They're trying to distract you from the fact that there's a massive report that the NFL won't release. Oh, yeah. Because Dan Snyder has veto power over the quote-unquote independent report conducted by the NFL into the pervasive culture of sexual harassment that, that existed in, within the Washington it football team or the commanders so for I, a decade. So they're, they, they, they're running and going, hey, everyone, look at the, look at the, yeah, look at the uniforms. Look, at, look just, here's Doug Williams. Everyone so, loves Doug Williams. There's the, the uniforms suck and it's just uninspired <laughs> and it's boring. And it really, came, it really does look like an, it's you, an yeah. XFL team uniform. They're all terrible. They look like they, each one looks like it belongs to a different, terrible team. The thing they, that I like about it by having the W right on the front of the black alternate, that's going to replace with an L every single oh time yeah it's 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 a wario the wario all because i like it, to call them. it doesn't to me it's just it's very i guess it doesn't look like an nfl team no it doesn't and and and, and i know it's it's you know we, we say that jokingly but it truly doesn't like when you see the nfl logos you know especially the newer ones you see like okay they actually went to, you know, the league and like this was very well thought out. This was done to look like and resemble an NFL team. 
and they look like they belong. This feels very forced, very just underwhelming. And just you not, could, look, my, my grand unified theory of uniforms is that the only ones that are memorable are the ones that are awful, but in an interesting way. And these are yeah. awful in a boring way. Like, yeah, people, for years, people laughed at the Houston Astros tequila sunrise uniforms. And now they are considered a classic would yeah. be my prime example. They are going to do the, like every single weird, bad NBA uniform, like the Detroit Pistons 1990s uniforms. People are going to wear them at Coachella for decades to come. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you need for a, a uniform to be good. It has to feel out of place and poorly designed within the context of the aesthetics of the time that they come out. And that's not this. This just feels like generic creative, creative uniform. Mode. And it, it, it feels like. Like it's, the Jets uniform, which is equally yeah, boring and bad. It feels creative. It's it's very creative uniform, but at the same time, it's also the Nikefication that is, is absolutely murdering creativity. Because yes, because Nike wants brand consistency across multiple platforms, and we need and what you and get is bad design. Stop making anthracite a. Thing. <laughs> And I, this would be a presidential platform. Can we just throw that color into the ocean? Um, yeah. I would appreciate it. Here's what I want. I want the hogs now that they didn't choose like. <laughs> and they could have called them the air hogs. Yeah. The air hogs, now the red hogs. Choose, yeah. Now that they didn't choose any kind of porcine based nickname. I feel like the hogs have to stop. Yeah. They need to all dress like Cobra Commander. Cobra! Yes, I want an entire cheering section. <laughs> Look, they can do it. They have time. It to could wear, work. They have they have time to put together pig snouts and wigs and all kinds of things. Like look at the look at the look at the knockoff Road Warrior stuff that the Raiders fans put together. I'm telling you that DC sports fans can absolutely cull the resale market for a lot of Cobra cosplay stuff. Well, and if they all grew up wearing like either the the hood or the shield, either one. If someone wants to dress as Destro, I'm fine with that. I will support this nickname if we get a lot of GI Joe imagery well, in NFL stadium. That, that's my problem. Well, and the but the problem about that stadium is that it's a stadium that's just completely awful. So they're going to get a new stadium. Washington's going to get a new stadium. Yeah, we're okay. okay uh, and maybe it's just me, but. If you, all you got to do is elect one further right dingus than Larry Hogan to the governorship of Maryland, and you will get a, a stadium in DC. I'm surprised. Like I'm surprised uh, the new. Virginia I don't think that's a political thing. I think that's on both sides. I, uh, I, I think middle. it is, but but <laughs> don't someone please fact check me on my knowledge of Maryland politics. But I don't think Hogan was particularly supportive of this Washington Stadium plan in Maryland that they've been pushing yeah. for the last. Well, uh, I would say that's, that's a universal thing. Too. I think that's a universal political thing. Yes, yeah, so Democrats absolutely do a horrible stadium funding scams, and all Atlanta just did it not, with the Benz, yeah, like, Cobb County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's not. A, it's not. Look, Cleveland did it. Cleveland shelled out millions of dollars to to upgrade the Quicken Loans Arena. Yeah, LA just did it with SoFi. LA did with SoFi. The stadium funding scams are. The really are it's the only really bipartisan thing that that governments are able to do. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, in any case, uh, I, I I really would not be surprised if once people stop getting mad at Dan Snyder for you know existing the sex crimes that have that allegedly occurred under his watch, I think they'll 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 pony up for anything. So. Yeah. Um, well, let's do and our then we'll get everyone dressed like they're uh, going to uh, a GI Joe convention, and I will support that. I think that would be cool. There you go, Andrew. Your pick of the week is what? Uh, my pick of the week. Oh, geez. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with a book, "Blood in the Garden" by Chris Herring. I just started the book. There you okay. go. Um, and that's about, that's about the Knicks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how the way the Knicks have operated for decades. Yeah. There was a point in time where 
Yeah, it was games. It was awesome. Yeah, there was a, there was a point in time where. Oh, good God. Okay. I'm sorry. I just see this bottom line report on ESPN. Mike Zimmer wants to coach um, uh, Mike Mike Zimmer wants to coach in 2022. Sure. God, no. So sorry sure. for whatever. He's great. He's top 10 coach. He's top 10 coach in this league. Mike Zimmer is the model consistent. Do you know how hard it is to find a Mike Zimmer? We can Skype. I can. Yeah, up, because guys. they're can... all old. No, Mike Zimmer's a good coach. I, I'm imp- by the way, just as a side note, I am impressed by how hard the Jacksonville Jaguars screwed the pooch in their coaching search. Yeah, okay, hold they on. had to do all like everything. The, mm. They had a beloved former, you know, quasi successful quarterback who's a highly mm. touted assistant, and all they had to do is oust the terrible GM and instead, that nobody wanted like, to work with. That nobody well, wanted to work with, and yes. instead they hired. Doug Peterson. He won a Doug Super Bowl. Peterson. He won a Super Bowl. Doug Peterson's True. a good coach. Doug he's Peterson's entirely he he's too nice of a guy to say I don't want to work with that in effort. Well, he's all. bringing in Rick Spielman, right? Like, isn't that the yeah, thing? Yeah, like he's Rick bringing Spielman. in Rick Spielman to like serve in some supervisor position. So Trent Baalke oh. is still getting Trent Baalke, After all that, he's still getting kneecapped. Yes. And but also, can we mention? And I talked about this in the pod yesterday, where I'm like. We have to talk about Leftwich has never been a head coach, and he's like, I need you to go ahead, like in the interview process, I need you to can the GM, and then I'm going to bring in this other inexperienced executive from Arizona who I'm good friends with, good who's only him. been on the. Well, good yeah, that, to, to, what I'm fair, saying is that's a, mm-hmm. everybody that happens more often than not. Yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying it's a bold say move. It, say it, say it, say it, Andrew. Say it. You know you want to say it. The say fact it. that say it. It, it it the 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 fact that that comes out with uh I'm not saying that it's very racist they but but, but just say it say it I'm just, I'm just saying I'm, it's, it's bullcrap I'm it's, time, it's climbing bull crap. the pumps in the tank if 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 this were a white guy they would have done it yeah I don't know about that oh absolutely if, if it was an if Kellen Moore was like. Um, I guess maybe Josh McDaniels kind of did it with Ziegler, but that oh, was yeah, different. Ziegler's been there for a long Doug time. Peterson just, I mean, yes, Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl, but Doug yeah, I, I was going to say it's the different. Exact same thing. Yeah. Look, I, I think I think what, I think Byron Leftwich is being very smart. I think even with the presence of Trevor Lawrence on that roster, yeah, he's still a pretty borked team with a limited history of success. And yeah. I think what Byron Leftwich realizes is okay. Give me the ideal circumstances to thrive, or else I'll just wait for my next seat at the table. That's what he should do, and I agree with that. I agree with that sentiment. Yeah. I don't. I said at the time, I'm like, I don't think this is a good job. Like, I think this is a job that sets him up to fail. And you do have if, Trevor well, Lawrence, and I, and yeah. unless we're already no, but off he could Trevor stay Lawrence, in Tampa. Oh. Like his thing should be, I'm waiting out Bruce Arians. Like I'm going to take uh, the Bruce Arians job. That's a great position, great GM. They have a bunch of talent on the offensive line, the defense. They have a lot of guys. They just I would the stay there, if I recall. But I they might get Russell Wilson this offseason. They might get Garoppolo. Like, Tampa Bay is going to find a better in quarterback. They've already did been clear about say, that. Did you just say their quarterback options are either A, Russell Wilson, mm. or yeah, you kinda, you kinda, B, handsome you, Jimmy Garoppolo? Those yeah. aren't the same thing. No, that's still – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo has been two of the last three national uh, NFC title games. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad player. Uh, He's not a bad player. Did you watch Sunday? I did. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad player. He's not a top five quarterback. He's not Russell Wilson, but he's a good player. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top 20 quarterback. Yes, he is. That's silly. That's silly. Jimmy Garoppolo is a – You should talk to some some Niners fans. I do. I talk to Evan Swords every Monday on this very podcast. He's a big Niners guy. That's not a real name of a person, Evan (laughs) Swords. You made that (laughs) Poor Evan's going to be listening to this like, what the hell, man? It's a real name, I promise. Yeah. I I, I talked to like Jeff Trebuchet about it the other day also, (laughs) and he's equally equally skeptical. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just think Leftwich – Like – I when I saw that report, that my I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but my first thought was like, man, that's bold to be like, I'm bringing my own GM. She also supports Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh yeah, every girl supports Jimmy Garoppolo. Good looking guy. Yeah, well, dress as well. We're getting a little off track into the Jimmy Garoppolo discourse. Here. Can I? Can mm-hmm. I? Can I? Can I just say one thing real quick about uh, Kyle Shanahan? Mm-hmm. He's great. Um, <laughs> um, Kyle Shanahan. It's. Uh, 
the Rams are out of timeouts. Mm-hmm. You literally <laughs> could have bled the freaking clock. Mm-hmm. Like how when so when they snapped the ball, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna go for it. And then when I saw the formation they were in, and I saw the personnel, and I'm just like, that was a, oh that was my a weird. God. He kind of fought himself into a brain into a bit of a, a he, he yeah. and Sean McVay both. And you already know we're gonna get some. Look, I like Zach Taylor, but he's from that Sean that Sean McVay school. Of, we're gonna get some. We're gonna get some real mind palace. Oh God! It's this. If the Super Bowl is close at all, it'll be. It's gonna be. Hey, what coach is gonna make the less stupider decision? I just need Matt Stafford to throw the game-ending interception. That's what I need. I need to make sure. Why do you hate him? He's a Georgia boy. Okay, again, we we do this every week. I feel like Bob equates the city of Atlanta with the University of Georgia, and those are two separate entities. I am in Knoxville, Tennessee. No, I didn't. I said he's a Georgia boy. I didn't say he's not from Georgia either. He's not from he Georgia. To, he went, he to, went to UGA. Yeah, who cares? I don't like the UGA at all. I'm anti-UGA as it gets. I'm not a UGA guy. Okay. Yeah, he's from what, Texas? I yeah, say he's from... Uh, he went to... He and Clayton Kershaw went to the same high school. People forget uh, that. Yeah, people uh, forget that. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. I think it'll be a close game. And then if you're not going for Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow just being the coolest athlete going right now, uh, I'm just down to just enjoy guy. the game. Like that's yeah. that's where I'm at. Like I'm like I I'm just... hoping. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no. I I don't have any skin in this one. I I really just hope. I hope we get teams have fun. I hope it's a fun, exciting Super Bowl. I you know. Uh, and and that's all. That that that'll be enough for me. I'm. You know, is I'm it not... is it wrong that I'm that I'm more excited for the actual commercials than I am the Super Bowl halftime performance? No, that's what most people watch. I, the commercials haven't been good in a long time. Well, that's, that's and that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like last year with the pandemic, everything was super super limited. But the way and the company, the, what companies are doing this year, and who has been kind of teased and advertised for these commercials, it makes it's it has me very optimistic. Hmm. Because you can't have just a complete who's the, who's the halftime act. Is it? Is it? It's oh, it's multiple basically people. It's like seven it, people. It's it's Dr. Dre's super spectacular halftime show. Basically, Eminem he and all his friends, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people. I hope it's not I, too long. It, well, it's yeah. it's everybody's kind of getting like I believe like ninety seconds each on one song or whatever. Ninety um, seconds. I mean, it's Man. it's, it's going to be, mm. yeah, basically, um, I like to call it the uh, Beats halftime show because that's basically what it is. Mm. Any artist that's like a Beats exclusive type artist with Dr. Dre is on there. It's, Bob used to be a Beats exclusive guy, but he trained. Yeah, um, sure. I need better headphones as you guys, all you all can see here. I have these. Uh, they're fine, but I need fine. better headphones. If a headphone awesome. company wants to sponsor either this podcast for me specifically, I'm open to any and all offers. I'm willing mm. to. I'm Doctor Doctor Drake can call me. He can text me. I'm I'm open to all this. So I, I'm willing mm. to sell out for headphone endorsement. I need some new some new gear. Um, as far as my pick of the week goes, ugh, I, I I mean, and again, this is a not a surprising or particularly interesting answer, but I'm enjoying this new season of the Righteous Gemstones. That's oh my so god, good. yes, it's delightful. It's so good. I, I need more Keith though. I feel like yes. I've, we haven't, I'm waiting for a Keith bottle episode so, because I find Keith endearing and and uh, and, and charming. I feel and, like he's just gonna snap and he's just gonna go full. And Bob, I don't know if you know who this guy is, but Brian Pillman. Um, I feel like no, Keith a wrestler. Is, yeah, he's he's a wrestler who he kind of looks like if Keith were ever to snap, he does kind of look like him. He, yeah. he would look like Brian Pillman. So just um, Google Brian Pillman and you'll get it. But, but I'm also waiting. Brian Pillman, good topical reference, Andrew, because this whole season's about the dangers of professional wrestling bookings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> I, where's, the, where's the Jim Ross cameo? Come on! I, I don't know, but damn it, I kind of want to want. I want one. It's now. the it's the Memphis wrestling circuit. Oh, you so really? you, you okay? So you're probably going to be getting you. You probably want Jerry the King Lawler since he's more associated with Memphis. True, true. But Jim, yes. but Jim Ross would be closer to going to church 
more than mm-hmm. Jerry the King Lawler for reasons. Yeah, yeah. I, where I want Jim, Ra- I want I want some I want some like sixties and seventies wrestling. So apparently, later on in the season, we're supposed to like be at a wrestling show. Oh, because um, so, I was kind of I, I wonder. So I was looking. I was wondering what they're going to do with the God Squad. They have all these beached out dudes, and <laughs> yeah, if they do it, get it, if Adam <laughs> Devine does get them into wrestling, I think that would be a delightful. Well, character and, and the and the fact that uh, my the my favorite line is John Goodman saying playing which a playing which a muscular boys. <laughs> he was like they're muscle men. <laughs> No, the best is still this season is when, um, what uh, I always forget. I just want to call him Kenny Powers all the time. But oh, when Daniel Pride's character walks Danny in Bride. and he has to have the conversation with his son, and oh. he tells him about all of his relatives, like, <laughs> <laughs> again, the alarm bell goes off. Pride <laughs> and that's in the in that specific action. It, it's not a it's not an official Danny McBride mm-hmm. show. Or yeah. movie, if we don't have references to uh, self love, yeah. The Danny McBride extended cinematic universe is is all in all quite quite delightful because you know you're going to get Walton Goggins at some point. Yes, yes. Or you'll or you'll just get some some random celebrity popping up, and you're like, why are they? Oh, okay. I see why yeah, yeah. here. There's a non-zero chance that Will Ferrell could show up as a wrestling promoter this season. Yeah, and and the fact that Eric Andre has acted his tail off. This dude has he went all in on this role this season. So, he went all have, in. Have you noticed that Danny McBride actually looks like a Memphis wrestling promoter from the seventies? And yeah, I do don't think I feel like that was by design. I mean, like, he's from it, what Statesboro? He's yeah. So he's not he's, boy. here's a recommendation: if you haven't seen, this is an early Jody Hill, Danny McBride vehicle mm-hmm. called "The Foot Fist Way," mm-hmm. which is one of their earlier movies. It is imagine taking the basic premise of the Cobra Kai reboot, but now putting Danny McBride in the Johnny Lawrence vehicle. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I'm just like, it, yeah, that could work. It, it you you know exactly how he's going to treat every single line reading <laughs> already. It it is a it is a quite it is one of the lesser parts of the Danny McBride extended cinematic universe. But I highly recommend it. All your faves are there. The Foot Fist Way, and I, I have no idea what streaming platforms it's available on, but I'm sure you can find it without too much trouble. Um, mm. So yeah, uh, the, the show is fun. It's good. It's a good way to save off the Sunday scaries with one last chunk of chunk of Danny McBride and the and the and his and the extended Danny McBride. And if if I if I'm correct on this, it's going to bleed into either a week or two gap or it might be the next the very next week. The the end of the gemstones this season, thank God there's a season three, is gonna coincide with the beginning of the Lakers. Um, oh yeah, Showtime, the yeah. Lakers show. With I think I, I think they're gonna co- they're gonna basically kind of blend in together. And so, in terms of the show ending and the show beginning, um, not like a crossover episode. By the way, I, I, I don't funny. have a lot of I don't have a lot of hopes for that Lakers show. I feel I, like it's going to be bad. I'm sorry, you. No, I just spent. 15 minutes amping up your programming. So I, I'll, I'll say this. Defending I, my think, integrity. I think I'll defend the show. If they just decide to go all in. Look, man, all we know is that we've got John C. Riley pretending to be Steve Brule, pretending to be Jerry Buss, And as also at the same time, Adam McKay promising the gritty hardcore realism of the early eighties Lakers saga. And I feel like those two things don't really jive. Have, well, I, have you read you've read the book right uh no okay i don't know so, how to well i'll just say that if you want to get a like look of what could actually happen read the book and you'll be like i don't know if they're gonna be able to no i mean i get that i get it would be like if someone tried to film you know his other book about the 86 mets and turned it into a a rollicking HP. I comedy. was so I, I was very disappointed in in that. By the way, um, the fact that ESPN basically was like, "Hey, 
What about all that fun stuff that happened? Yeah, you know, that was the past. It was like watching Mark McGuire's congressional testimony. It's like, <laughs> you can say all these things, but you can't really say, okay, this is what happened. Boo. 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 Boo this man. There you go. <laughs> Andrew Hammond, we can find you on Twitter, Aham Free Press. Go subscribe to the Detroit Free Press if you have not already done so. All the great coverage on like Jim Harbaugh staying at Michigan. Stuff like, uh, you know, what uh, what's going to happen with Michigan State? Are they going to sneak their way, backdoor their way into another Elite Eight Final Four? Because that's what Michigan State does when they're like the third best team in the Big Ten every year. Um, yeah, there you go. And then Bob, subscribe to the yep. Daily Beast if you have not already done so. Bob Sayada on Twitter.com. Uh, we're here on YouTube every single day. So YouTube, go check out the Chase Thomas podcast. And if you like listening to Bob, Andrew, and myself talk all things sports Please and then like sometimes and SAT prep. And mm-hmm. Like and, and subscribe, folks. Smash like, that button. Smash that button wherever it might be. Leave us a rating. Five-star rating on Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff. Um, you guys have a good rest of your weekend. And we will reconvene next week. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.